got into like some drafting classes as a kid, but I got to go see uh, Falling Water by Frank Lloyd Wright. I just fell in love with that place. I thought it was the coolest thing. Welcome to the Reality Capture Network, where we focus on technology-driven innovation, education, and community. The Reality Capture Network, bringing the future to you. On this episode of the RCN podcast, the architect and designer Richard Sanford. 08 hit, lost my job, and then uh, tried to find another job. Came to the realization the only way I'm going to stay in this industry at this time is go out on my own. My business is Dauntless Design Collaborative, and I've been in business for about 15 years now. 2016 or 17, started looking into 3D scanning to use for my own work. Two things that have kept me as a solo practitioner. One is working in a BIM environment, and two is getting into Matterport and and 3D scanning. In a Revit environment, if you're trying to do a string of dimensions and one angle is different from another angle on a wall, it won't dimension. I'm doing all this, I have this, this knowledge, but maybe I should be sharing it more and teaching others. One of the great things about our industry is every day is never the same. There's always something new. All right, welcome to the Reality Capture Network podcast. Today we are excited to have Rich Sanford with us. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Glad to be on. Yeah, we are, as everybody knows, we love digging into technologies such as laser scanners and cameras and really a big focus around geospatial tools and mixed with how they're being you know, used in the built environment. And so we're excited to talk with you as an architect, correct? Yes, yes, I am a licensed architect. I know we're going to dig in and talk about the tools and where the industry's at. Um, but as usual, we love first digging in a little bit about our guest. We love, you know, going back into the background story of how they got into the industry, you know, through school or what inspired them. And so I'd love to start back with, uh, with your background. I'm a licensed architect. I am located in uh, New Jersey. Um, kind of in southern New Jersey, some kind of in in between the midpoint between uh, Philadelphia and Atlantic City. That's kind of and that's kind of where I serve for my architecture side of the of the business. Um, you know, essentially Philadelphia to the shore, to you yeah. know to the Atlantic Ocean is basically what I say. In the industry for about twenty five years. Okay. And so it, it's always interesting. I kind of came into the industry when it was still like all like. AutoCAD, you know, 2D, and then in the industry as it started going, everything is 3D. Well, not everything is 3D, but, you know, more of that movement into the 3D environment. Um, uh, I have, my business is uh, Dauntless Design Collaborative, and I've been in business for uh, about 15 years now. Awesome. So the first 10 years of um, my business, my career, I worked for, you know, a couple of different firms. Uh, I've worked in, uh, you know, firm that did uh, hospitals and medical facilities, um, then moved on to another one that did uh, retail projects, um, and then eventually uh, landed with a, a company that did uh, hospitality and university work. Mm. You know, so I kind of got a, t- got a taste of all kinds of different, you know, small and, and large projects. And, you know, and then, like I said, 08 hits, 
you know, yeah. lost lost my job and then uh, tried to find another job and came to the realization the only way I'm going to stay in this industry at this time is go out on my own. So yeah. that's what I ended up doing. The last firm I worked for, I was big with technology. I was on like the AutoCAD committee or whatever, you know, for the firm and setting up standards and things like that. Uh, but at the time, I was starting to see the movement into 3D. You know, initially, it might have been like a SketchUp type program and, you know, more rendering. But like the firm I worked for back in uh, 08, they were already starting to use Revit on some of their projects. Okay. And the firm's attitude with moving into a Revit environment or BIM environment was that if they started with a small university project and if you were on that project, they would train you. Okay. Uh, I, I expressed interest in learning it and that the, the firm principals at the time were like, well, you're not working on any of those projects, but feel free to teach yourself. We have a couple licenses. So that's actually what I started to do is nice. uh, at lunchtime and that just started going through the, the kind of out of box tutorials and started getting familiar with it. Uh, I was lucky enough to work for a firm a, pr um, a few years prior that used this program, Eris. That was like mm. the the cat the cat guy at that firm or whatever was internationally known as a user for this program, Eris. So that's what the firm used. So I at least had a experience where I had to learn a new program and use it. They actually had a very nice system where you you did training for three days. Because mm. uh, hardly anybody ever knew it going into the into that uh, company, so it was just a very just open mind and learn yeah. and never never like oh well in AutoCAD I did it this way, yep. and you know well, how can I do it in you know BIM now you know it, it yeah. wasn't like that I was like no this is a whole new thing, you know so I started like I said I started kind of teaching myself that and then all of a sudden I'm I'm without a job mm -hmm. and. I got like a kind of like a part-time thing doing some drafting work. Uh, and that was actually interesting because I got to see the other side of the table. Yeah. Like I used to think like, why does this engineer or this consultant want their CAD drawings or what, you know, what, the files that we export, why do you want them like a certain way? Now I'm sitting on the other side of the table and we're receiving the files and I'm like, oh, it's because <laughs> of this, this or that, you know. And yeah. beginning of 09 is when I, I started my company. Yeah. So then I moved into doing... Um, my own work, still did some work for them. And um, five years ago or so, I started like uh, teaching, like continuing education seminars on oh, awesome. Revit modeling. And uh, I actually have a mastermind, little local mastermind group with some lo other local architects where we just kind of, you know, we have meetings where I'm like, what's your issues, you know, and yeah. let's, let's, you know, help you out with that. And um, and then eventually led led to me um, maybe about 2016 or 17, started looking into 3D scanning to use for my own work. Yeah. Two things that have kept me as a solo practitioner. One is working in a BIM environment. Uh, there, you know, there's a lot less, let's say, a lot less labor involved in yeah. getting the documentation done. And two was is was getting into Matterport and, and 3D scanning. Um, you know, I didn't have to hire the the high school kid or or my son's around that age now or have yeah. my son come along with me to with the with the you know the the clipboard and all that stuff and, yeah and uh and all that and the funny thing is is right before i had the matterport i had a project where everything was at an angle nothing was square oh, yeah. it was like this little triangle lot it would have been perfect for that but 
it was probably my last handheld survey. Yeah, was this 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 one, which would have been perfect for <laughs> doing the 3D scanning. So, so I I have to ask since we're at that point talking about as an architect who needs existing information and you're forward thinking with technology, can you dig a little bit into what that has done for you? Like explain what you used to do going out mm -hmm. and doing, you know, surveys or measurements by hand um, versus what you do now going out and 3D scanning it. Like what are some of the trade-offs there, the ROIs or, you know, some of the pain points, lessons learned from your point Gosh. of view? And let me go old, old way. I'm, I'm just thinking back to an early project, 2011, that I had. Yep. It was a um, home renovation edition project. Um, so I had mentioned high school kid, right? So I had to bring a, you know, bring a kid, uh, a neighbor of neighbor kid, you know, for the summer was looking for some extra money and all that. I was like, can you hold the tape measure? Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know? He's like, yeah, sure. So it took us, you know, let's say about four or five hours. We go to this. It's typical, let's say 2,000 square foot home. I first got to sketch the floor plan out, right? And then from there, start taking the measurements. Then there's going to be multiple, you know, there's going to be a sheet of every floor and yep. the dimensions, you know, and notes and whatever that, that's there. Then I'm also going to have a couple more sheets where I, like, at least this was my process. Like, I'm going to have almost like make a window schedule, a door schedule. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm noting all the sizes of all the I'm, I'm you know, kind of making a hand hand freehand model drawn <laughs> of the actual floor plan that I normally would, you know. So it's like kind of emulating the process that I'm going to do when I'm going to make, a, a, you know, draw drawing plans in uh, the computer. Um, you know, so there, there's that level. And like I said, he's holding the other end. I'm, I'm taking measurements and whatnot. And then it's taking pictures, you know, every room, every corner, you know, try to cover every base. Yep. When I get back into the office, I start drawing this up. What ends up happening almost every time is I'm trying to close the dimensions, you know, close everything. You know, I'm going to start from one side or maybe work my way around. However, the, the project kind of tells me how to put everything together. And almost inevitably, I'm going to get it to a point where I got to fudge it. I really, yeah. I, it, it's really what happens. There's going to be a spot where it's not going to close, you know, it's going to be off five inches or something. Okay. That can be fudge, but there could be times where I'm like, I'm off by five feet, yeah. 10 feet, whatever it is, you know, as you start adding things up or the other part is like, well, okay, this corner isn't working. What's going on here. Let me go to the pictures. And even though I try to cover something, it's, I don't know how many times it's always happened where I'm like, I don't have that corner. I don't yeah. have the picture that I really need. So then in order to close that out, yeah, I got to go back, yeah. you know, and spend another day. You know, it might not be four hours, but still, let's say, yeah. let's say um, I'm about 35 minutes from Philadelphia, right? And, uh, you know, I got to go back to, so I got to drive, you know, there's an hour, hour and a half of driving if traffic is clear, you know, the, another hour, you know, so let's just say there's about, there's three hours just for the callback, yeah. you know, for the, for going back, you know, so here we are, we're spending really a whole day, the half day of the initial survey, another half day to go back and, and all of that stuff. And then however long it takes me to draw it up. So there's, yeah. there's a, there's a three day process just to draw yeah. the existing conditions and correctly. Yep. Right. Yep. Now let's flip it to how it works now. 
you know, so I go out there with a Matterport. I can do the same size building by myself an hour or two, you know, Um, and then come back, put everything. I got everything. I'm not taking yeah, actually, you don't have all to go the back. pictures are there. <laughs> you know, so there I don't think there's ever been I don't think I've ever had to go back. And the other thing is is I now with scanning because I, I do outsource some of my scanning for bigger jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Is I could still draw everything and not even have to even go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's it's so the accuracy is there that you know, I'm not I could see everything. For the most yeah. part, unless they just did it scan something, you know. Yep. But the drawing, I could probably build an entire house in like model it up in, in there in, in a day or less at this yeah. point. Because again, it's all it's just all there. Yeah. You know. So we're we're cutting the process in half, I think. Yep. You know. But yeah, to answer your question, that's you know, that's kind of where the pain points were and kind of where the process is now. Yeah, no, and I love having you explain kind of your experience with it because we still know there are so many people that are out doing it by hand and that don't, Mm -hmm. you know, have scanning adopted yet. And so to kind of hear it from the architect who's gone through it himself, you know, I think there's there's a lot of valuable uh, information in hearing your story through that and like some of those pain points you saw and what it's done for you and how, how you work now. And, you know, I think those problems, uh, the bigger the project and the more complex the project, you're, you you know, you kind of probably compound that uh, percent saved (laughs) in headaches. The bigger jobs I've personally have scanned, like I've scanned a 20,000 square foot office building. Took me all day, you know, and it was, it's probably what I did it with a Matterport, probably shouldn't have done it with a Matterport going back, you know, because I had some crashing and had to do two, I actually had to do two scans for yep. that um thinking back like when i worked at larger firms i probably surveyed something like I, I can think of actually my first day on the job after i graduated back in as my kids say the 1900s uh <laughs> 1998 <laughs> um <laughs> it was uh was actually surveying um um emer- uh, not emergency rooms um um uh, surgical suites for a hospital mm. Which was probably, it could have been close to like 20,000 square feet. We had probably gone, we probably were, there was five days probably with us going out to the hospital, taking those measurements. And there was a little bit of, we had to work around the schedule too of when surgeries were, but but still, there was still a lot of, it it was a lot of time. And there was probably two or three of us to do that. Yep. Yeah. 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 What what about... um, in that process of you know you the you just start getting into scanning or using a Matterport and using a point cloud and you're you know drafting from that. Um, what about some of the maybe initial learning curves or pain points and maybe some of the still current like what are some of your pain points or struggles now? Like what are what are some of those areas that um, are still difficult even when adopting the technology? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the, one of the initial ones that that came that came up was doing certain things that you would have to do while scanning to make to ensure that the accuracy of the scan was there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I could think of was rather than going like I did a uh, let's say five thousand square foot uh, mixed martial arts gym, a buddy of mine who owned it 
they wanted the tour, you know, put it up on Google and all that different stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't using it to do drawings, but it's a big open square space. And luckily there was enough geometry there that I didn't have to put up targets or anything like that. I was able to still kind of do it, just put the camera out and do that. But I did it in a grid pattern. And what I was finding was I started like you start I look at the screen on Matterport, it started it started to bend. Yeah. You know, so I actually and luckily enough, um uh one the companies I, I outsourced to is here in Philadelphia, robotic imaging, and those guys were helpful and they had told me that um um one of the things they were saying, well they're like, Well you have to triangulate the scans mm. is a way to kind of control that. So I started learning Certain things like that, you know, even, you know, I didn't really think of having a level surface as well yeah. with it, you know, so, it was, so that was really the f- first part with, with scanning, um, on the drawing end, I mean, there's certain things that I care about in my yeah. rabbit file. Like I'm very particular about the different project base points and whatnot that yeah. are there. And I'm I'm actually currently trying to work with uh, actually robotic image. We've had discussions. I still work with them now about coordinating like GIS coordinates yep. into the model and how that yep. translates into Revit and all this different stuff. So we're still we're kind of working out a process with that now. But um, but it's just like you know um, getting that to 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 go in. But like I said, it's just like. It usually just kind of pops in. I mean, you know, I have to move yeah. it around and put it where I need to put it. But um, it actually was the visibility of the point cloud was one of the bigger things that came mm. up right away because the RGB, it's it even though it's color, it, in my yeah. opinion, is is gray. There's there's yeah. certain things you don't see, so it's a matter of like I turned it to um, what is it called normals. Yeah. The, so it's all like the greenish and whatever you know whatever. Yeah. That is, so I could see edges. The edges were yeah. like the real big thing. Um, so that was one thing. And plus we had um, a project that Robotic did for me where there was – and they did it with uh, – whether it was – it might have been a Leica. It was a Leica product, I believe. But they okay. did a basement and it was dark, right? Yep. And – but I clicked on normals and I could see everything. It was yeah. just like – yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It's nice having those different viewing options. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's that's a default thing that I do on on any point cloud that I bring in now. I just immediately put it on the normals, and you know I can see everything for the most part. A question that comes up quite a bit when uh, people are getting into scanning or dealing with point clouds, and then they're doing scan to BIM and creating Revit models, is are there times that you draw the wall in? Uh, tilt or you know you deal with the the you know angles of walls or do you typically best fit it and draw them all 90 degrees i will say it depends but for the most part they're 90 degrees yep and one of the main reasons they're 90 degrees is because that that can open up a whole can of worms of problems down the road and um i there have been times where i've received models and i've either said this is uh, and I've, uh, you know I've told them like this is unusable. I can't I can't mm-hmm. work with this. Like I, I there was one particular situation where somebody whoever whoever drew it up did it exactly and and we're talking you know three degrees off or whatever. I'm like you, yeah. you can't I can't document with this. Yeah. It's just like yeah it's 
so it's like either you got to redo it or I'm I have had one I had one instance where I was like I didn't even say anything and I just mo- I just modeled it myself. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz uh it was there was more of a time factor but yeah. Are there times that um if it's a certain amount that you break up and and follow along, you know, cha- change or are there certain reasons that you've seen the need to actually show the the true angles if it is off? It's a kind of a lawyer answer, but it depends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> type situation. Um, with that, um, it, it's like, yeah, okay, I can, I'm going to work with this because I know that this is not 90 degrees, you know, but, you know, yeah. I, I do work in Philadelphia, so I deal with, I've done a ton of like, you know, historic properties. And yep. in all my years, I've only known of one project. It was literally called like something like the Ben Franklin coordinate system. Oh man. <laughs> in a section of the city where, yeah, the, the street itself was three degrees off, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, it's just been, you know, it's, it's, yeah, everything kind of squares itself off. In a Revit environment, if you're trying to do a string of dimensions and one angle is different from an, an, another angle on a wall, yeah. it won't dimension. I mean, you could yeah. eventually do it with endpoints, but if you're trying to do wall face to wall face, it won't dimension it. Yeah. You know? so, so, and that's probably one of those points that people who aren't in Revit don't understand is uh, as soon as you start messing up those angles, then other tools don't work properly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Are there workarounds? Yes. But you're you're making <laughs> more work that doesn't necessarily need to be happening. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what uh, are there any other technologies? So you've gotten your hands into the scanning. You've been using that for quite some time now. Are there any other technologies that you've uh, dabbled into or or have interest in? Um, I mean, you know, the hot topic is is AI these days. Um I look at AI as not artificial intelligence, but automatic ideas. Ooh, so, there you go. Yeah, so on the design end, like there's a, uh, it's not even, I mean, it's a rendering tool that I've used. Um, what is it called? Uh, Veris, I think. There's Project Veris. Okay. It's, it's a, but it really, you, you go in, you put the prompts in, you say, and, but it's, it's taking like my actual, Re, it's a Revit add-in. So okay. it takes my actual Revit model, which is great early on in a design process where I may get stuck, right? I'm yeah. having writer's block or designer's block or whatever. So I can put that in and I may not have windows or doors or anything in there, but let's say I have a kind of form worked out and I can put prompts in and say, hey, um, you know, green sided, green siding with wooden windows. Like I can start mm. naming different material prompts um, might even say like a setting like oh on the beach or whatever you know like different things yeah. like that might, even if I wanted an image like I could say kids playing you know and it'll just within a matter of a few seconds start spitting out wow. um, really nice renderings actually um, I actually te- and- when I was testing it out I sent I did that for a completed project and I sent it. To, I sent some of the images. My client was actually a friend of mine from um, from college, so I was nice. a little bit, you know, I had a closer relationship than normal yep. clients. So I, I send it to her, and I'm like, I'm like, check these out, you know, for for your project, you know. <laughs> and she's like, these are really cool, you know. And I'm like, well, yeah. Well, I mean, she. It's not That's built cool. yet, but you know, it's still. It yeah. got her 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 mind rolling a little bit too. So that's awesome. So I've yeah. messed with that a little bit, but 
Um, so, no question on that. So, so it's a plugin in Revit that's creating renderings based on some of the AI prompts, but it's not actually adding anything into the model. It's just taking whatever your base model is and making renders that show those other things on top of it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, cool. yeah. So yeah, it yeah, it's not going back into Revit and giving me okay. anything there. But like I said, it, it it does fall into that automatic ideas where I was like, oh, I didn't think yeah. of doing you know like that that project I was just telling you about. There was a consistent base of stone, but then for whatever reason, the back corner they put they put it up the wall in the corner, and I was like, oh that doesn't look too bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They did no, they that's actually very made cool. an entrance, you know, an entrance area with a little half wall and stuff. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, that's cool. Um, no, I, so, I'm glad you brought that one up because I love, I've been playing with chat GPT a bunch. I've gone in and done, you know, some of the mid journey, like the imagery stuff, but I actually have not heard of this. You know, yeah. and it being a plug-in right to Revit where you can give prompts and it'll use your base. Like, that's – I've got to look into that one. Yeah, yeah. And it's – I mean, yeah, they have a trial version and it's like – I think it was annual license of like 500 bucks or something. So I was nice. like, yeah, I'll see, see – you know, use it for a year and if, if it – I'm using Automatic it Automatic ideas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, is funny because I go back to my college days. I had a professor who – was really big into trying to get you unstuck with the designs. Mm. So he taught us this process of making collages of, mm. and it didn't have to be like anything, like if we're building, you know, um, a, a science center, he's not going to give us pictures of science-y thing, you know, like yeah. lab coats and biology thing, or, you know, flasks or whatever. It, it's like, it can be anything. Like I literally, I, I designed row homes based off of a mosaic of of a it was a cover of Rolling Stones magazine of David Letterman. Oh man! You know, I put trace paper, I started sketching, and it, I came up with some idea for for row homes for you know some That's project cool. in college. So it's 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 interesting that that some of this new stuff I can relate to stuff that I was doing almost thirty years ago. To be quite honest, yeah. you know, in, in, yeah. in my schooling days, so. And that's one of the cool things, you know, again, about technology is like um, so many people are hesitant to it or they're afraid of it. And mm -hmm. instead, when we can look at uh, how AI or how technology could be used, all it's doing is going back and doing a faster, more efficient way of what you used to have to spend a bunch of time doing. It, it's instead of you building the collage board and, you know, trying to think of new ideas and looking for, you know, you can just ask it for things and it'll prompt it to you. And it, yeah. and it doesn't take that part away, like the, the art of somebody actually coming up with their own inspiration and design. It's more just like, how can we use these new technologies and tools to supplement or bring new, you know, new efficiencies into our process? Yeah. Yeah. And I never look at it as like something that, you know, there's the, you know, there might, might be a conversation or, you know, the, you know, topics or whatever of like, it's going to replace us. I yeah. don't think I don't think that's there. I mean, I think I think there is some validity between, you know, the replacement of people who are using the tools versus people who are not. There's definitely yes. that. Yeah. But but yeah. If, but for to the AI to be replacing anybody, I don't I don't really see that being very valid. Um, yeah. 
No, I, I think you're right on. That's definitely the comment I hear a lot that I agree with is, uh, is you know, the technology won't replace you, but the people who use it will. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's one of those things about tools and technologies is um, the people that are hesitant, it's like you can't stop other people other architects that, you know, you can't stop somebody else from adopting this AI tool that's helping them come up with ideas faster, or you can't, you know, you can't stop them from deciding to get into scanning, which helps them complete field work faster. And so the people that are hesitant, they're just going to unfortunately start becoming too slow. And, you know, because everyone who adopts the tools, it's really increasing what they, what they can do, how fast they turn around, you know, it's a, it's a big difference maker. Yeah, and I, I find it funny that, like, I run into, uh, are you familiar with Entre Architect at all? No. Yeah, so Entre Architect was start uh, was um, started by this guy, Mark LePage. Um, architect, it was, uh, I mean, you could talk to Mark about his, you know, intentions, but so I might get this wrong, but, you know, it was more for smaller firm practitioners, um, but it, you know, website, but there's a, a Facebook group. You have to be an architect. To be in the okay. it's a private Facebook group. Um, he does have another one called I believe it's Architects and Allies um, that other professional related professionals can can be in that group. But topics of technology obviously come up in the group. Like I can go on every day, and there's going to be topics of how do you you know how do you do your existing conditions? How do you deal with AI? How do you you know yeah. all, all of those things? Um, and one thing that I found interesting in some ways is like let's with with 3d scanning especially is the approach of not or or the reasoning behind not using it um or let's say using maybe a less a a lesser type technology yeah um you know like i i personally any i things if it's handheld i'm not really for what I do, I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, like you grab your phone and you're doing yeah. this. I'm like, does it produce something? Yes. Is it accurate enough for what I need? No, it's it's not. Yeah. You know, um, so but it's a lower price point. So yeah. there's an acceptance. There's an easier acceptance for something like that. But when you get yeah. into something that's a little bit of a higher price point, I mean. I don't think Matterport is an expensive investment. Yeah. I think it's it's great as an entry user type yep. type thing. But all of a sudden, if it's something on the phone that's a low quality, accuracy isn't an issue yeah. because I think I think the, the ex, there's no expectation that it's going to be completely accurate. But when you start getting into something where it costs a little bit more. Then it's like, oh, well, what's the – I forget what the documented accuracy is, 5%, yeah. 10%. But they'll say – like, they're like, oh, 5%. I, I can't do it. It's not, it's not accurate enough. And I'm like, well, how accurate are you by hand? Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you're I, probably uh... 10%, 20% off, especially maybe even closer to 50% with the example I gave earlier about having to go exactly. back and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so it, it's, yeah. It, it's it's interesting when you get the, the, the pushbacks that you hear <laughs> from yeah, that. Yeah, that's one of those, uh, it's one of those points I kind of learned from somebody in talking about innovations and in, in adopting new tools. It's like, um, 
you can't expect that a technology or a tool is going to be perfect and that it's going to replace all the headaches. You know, mm -hmm. everything everything has a struggle. Going out by hand has its problems. It's taking you a long time. You miss certain measurements. It's not as accurate. Scanning is going to have its own problems. It, it is more expensive to buy the gear. It's got more data you have to process. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself between the two problems, which, which one is more efficient or is better? Is the new problems from adopting scanning better than the old problems of doing it by hand? Right. You know, <laughs> there's always yeah. going to be problems to work through. But is are there more pros than there are cons by moving into the new tools? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like if, if the I think a lot of things come down to time, too. Yeah. You know, and if you can do more, you know, in in, in the, the same amount of time. The, the benefits are gonna, just going to outweigh themselves. And that, that's really where, um, for me, there's these certain decisions I've made, whether it's you know, moving into the BIM, BIM environment or, or 3D scanning, I was like, this is going to save me so much time, or it's going to allow me to do twice, the, three times the amount of work that I'm doing, yeah. or you know, become 20%, 30% more profitable, because you know, that's yeah. ultimately where that Which comes Which all at. of those sound great. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and it, and it's funny too because my my wife always jokes because I do get to point certain points in time. I think everybody has businesses where you start thinking, okay, well, I need to grow, right? Or I need to, you know, so I need to now bring on employees. And I've had a few employees here or there, and um, and well, I don't need to really <laughs> jump yeah. into all that, but I've had I've had good and bad experiences with it totally and it's like ultimately um there's a lot of times where she just tells me she's like you know you could have just done it yourself <laughs> you know like why <laughs> you know she's like you put all these things in place for you to handle it yourself and i'm like yeah i know <laughs> but yeah. you know ultimately yeah, it's i'm not getting any younger that's the other part is yep. um i feel like um i'm i'm closer to 50 than 40 now and yeah. it's like I start start thinking about like, well, yeah, great. I'm doing all this. I, you know, I have this this knowledge, but maybe I should be sharing it more. Yeah. And teaching others, you know, about it. So I like hearing that, um, you know, and it's one of the things we're trying to do through podcasts and webinars and our conference is we see a big need for more education and more training. We see a lot of companies that are just trying to get started for the first time right now, you know, getting into scanning or having struggles with how to bring point clouds and, and deal with them in BIM and in environment and how to get them integrated into construction monitoring processes. And we just see the adoption interest of all of this growing so much across many different industries. Our goal now is trying to create a place for people to connect through a community of people that work with these tools and have an education center where people can go on and, you know, submit training videos so we can start actually helping companies that are struggling through it, you know, find find a path forward. So it'd be great yeah. to have you uh, helping with uh, education. That's a it's a good, good thing to do. We love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, over 
like I've I've just seen so many examples over the years of the issue is isn't the technology, the issue is the user. You yep. know, whether it's patience of the user or just doing something that's completely wrong that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. It doesn't matter what technology, you know, like uh, I can probably name off (laughs) one just kind of came to mind. But but still, it's like, you know, it's just like those those things need to. Yeah, it's like I said, it comes down to the user and education is the way to kind of prevent those things from happening. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Okay, I got another question around another piece of technology we haven't touched on is. Have you explored much around uh, virtual reality or augmented reality? I have. Uh, it's funny. I have a uh, well, he's not, well. I guess you could say he's a he's a friend. Well, actually, he's a client of mine. Now that I think about it, I, just, he, I did a project for him last month. <laughs> uh, he's a, but he's a lawyer. He's a medical malpractice lawyer, and he has been big into um, like the metaverse. And okay, yep. he does a lot of marketing efforts actually through the metaverse, and he's actually been doing pretty well with it. That's um, awesome. So I, he, he called me up one day just out of the blue. Uh, our, our Both of our sons took martial arts classes together for years ago. And he's just like, oh, you got to get into it. Da, da, da. I was like, ah, I've seen, you know, so I jumped into it and I, I'm not totally sold on it. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm like. I, my my kids are uh, I'm I have three kids who range in age from well they're five eleven and nineteen and uh, the, my kids a few years ago were like dad you got to play Minecraft with us and I was like yeah. okay you know <laughs> so got into that and I, I I found Minecraft to be a little bit more aversive than the metaverse to be yeah. quite honest, <laughs> in my opinion um, but I do think I, I I think there's there's a lot there's there's probably more possibilities with augmented reality, in my opinion. You know, I, I gave the metaverse example because virtual has its, I think, has its benefits too. I mean, I think as a selling tool, especially if I'm presenting a design, if you were my client, yeah. um, that that can have a lot of, you know, I'm, you can walk around the, yeah. the the rendered image of the design, you know, whatever the building may be. Um, there, there's, there's definitely some, um, benefits there, but where augmented, and I see so many benefits is like, like, especially in construction, um, you know, for years, there's always been this like, oh, stand on the site. Like, let's say it's a, a school building. You can stand in the middle of where they're going to build the gymnasium. You're holding your iPad or you're holding, you know, whatever your device is. And you, you have the coordinate system input and all that, and you can just hold it and like, look around. Right. And this is yep. what it's going to look like. You know, it might just be a field today, but this is what it's going to be. You know, so I, there's there's a lot there. Th- that's where there's a lot of possibilities um, with it and, you know, strength in that one. Um, but, you know, so I, like I said, I would lean a little bit more on augmented than uh, yeah. than virtual, I think, in okay. terms of uh, more more um, possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I'm curious, um, if, if you had any increase in using technology, you were obviously, uh, working on your own kind of through the COVID times, Mm -hmm. was there, was there a way that that was able to, you know, enhance some of your work or allow for, you know, virtual walks for clients or, uh, or what was kind of your experience with work through, 
the last couple of years? Um, interesting thing. I, I will say this, that the interesting thing that happened during COVID was I got so many, uh, it's not necessarily technology related here, but I got so many requests for additions on homes, mm. whether in-law suites or home off, like in additions to living space. Yeah. Um, you know, so I wasn't really leaning on a lot. I mean, it was helpful with, with scanning that yeah. in these places, you know, if I was scanning a place in 2020, it's like, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in and out of your house in like an hour. And they're like, great. Yeah. We'll just wait outside or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. So that was um, that was helpful in that regard. So I wasn't yeah. in places for, for long periods of time. I could just do it and yeah. be out of it real quick. Um, but um trying to like think because a lot of a lot of a lot of times too with those types of clients as long as i'm producing some 3d images on like a pdf that usually works um but yeah i didn't nothing necessarily comes to mind you know i mean there's the zoom and kind of what we're doing right now yeah type type aspect of it that was probably like the biggest changer i mean i did a i will say i probably did a lot more business networking during covid times yeah just because everybody was like, hey, Friday happy yeah. hour, Zoom meeting, you know, <laughs> or, you know, the the uh, there's a, a, a networking group I'm in called Philly Man, Jersey Man, you know, so nice. they were doing, they just did more of it because it was just so easy yeah. to do it, yeah. you know. Everybody's so, home and on computers. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I will say now to, to today it is very interesting because I I do work, you know, I mentioned I work in Philadelphia and I've been the past couple months down in Philadelphia is not a ghost town, but it's definitely not, you know, it's not the same. Like I remember I, uh, oh, I had mentioned robotic imaging earlier. Yeah. They have, they have, they have uh, one of their off their main offices in kind of right in, right in the center of Philadelphia or center city, Philadelphia. And um, I was down there one day working with them, and I, I go out for lunch. And what well, you're in Idaho, correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, so you know Comcast, right? Yeah. Cable company, right? You know they're based yep. in Philadelphia. So if uh, I don't, are you have any familiarity with the city or? Not a, not a lot. Okay. So Comcast has their headquarters there, and they have two of the tallest tower skyscrapers in philadelphia are, are comcast towers and uh robotic imaging offices maybe about an, an hour or a block or two from where the towers are and, okay. and in one of the towers i have a big food court you can go there and and it used to be like you'd go down that food court and like the lines out the door or up the stairs and, yeah you know and now it's just like you can walk right up to the counter um and then there was like a i remember the last time i was there uh I just wasn't feeling that the, that food. So there was another kind of deli place that I, I've gone to for a number of times. And I was like, oh, there's one. It's called Corner Bakery. And I'm like, oh, it's right there. I'll go there. It's closed. You know, I'm like, uh, oh, so, oh, really? And yeah. so I start walking around like I'm like, wait, I had another client when we were in, we were looking at a space in Philly and it was in the morning. He's like, oh, let's go grab coffee. And it took us 45 minutes to find a coffee place that was like, they were oh, like, oh, man. there's a Starbucks here. Oh, no, that's closed. Oh, let's go here. Uh, oh, that place is closed too. What's going on? So um, I have noticed that like some, yeah. you know, some, some areas that used to be, you know, might still be bustling, but it's not bustling like it was before. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, I've noticed that in quite a few big cities that there's still um, 
you know, there's certain amounts of commercial real estate down there that's empty. And, uh, yeah. you know, some of the, some of the big downtowns are, yeah, definitely not packed like they used to be. A lot of people with um, many companies just opening up remote work and, you know, people started moving from big cities to smaller areas. And, um, yeah, it's been pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've even seen a, um, a trend of, you know, cities are trying to take their commercial space and change it into residential. Mm. You know, and how do you deal with that? Because, you know, whether it's a, you know, there's a skyscraper that was built for office space, you know, yeah. how can you make that into residential or, or an old warehouse building of some, which that's been, those types of conversions have happened forever. But, but yeah. still it's like, you know, there's, there's, there are issues that have to deal with that. I mean, heck, I go to the other way down to the shore to Atlantic city where, you know, a bunch of the casinos closed back in 08 and, you know, some of them reopened. Uh, but there's one that reopened, but it doesn't have a casino in it anymore. Mm. They converted the casino floor into an arcade. Uh, half of the casino floor is an arcade. Half of it is a um, a uh, go-kart track now. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they had two hotel towers and one of them is still a hotel tower. And I think in the other one, they started converting some of their hotel rooms into actual apartments. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, you know, these developers are yeah. getting a little creative, like, hey, we have these spaces. What All are we going to do with it? Yeah. 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 And, uh, and that, that place is actually um, building a, 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 not a stand, uh, a water park next to oh, it, wow. which is interesting. There's a, it's an indoor outdoor water park on the beach, but. <laughs> oh, wow. That's you interesting. <laughs> so, uh, and that, that, that leads, um, you know, I, 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 one thing I hadn't talked about, um, and, not, uh, about is, uh, I have another part of my business, which is, uh, BIM like modeling services. So I get into, I, I've got this weird niche of doing BIM coordination modeling for electricians. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's uh, it started maybe back with uh, that my first client, really my sec that security yep. cl uh, consultant, where they initially was it was CAD drawings, mm -hmm. but then a few years later they're like, "Hey, do you know BIM?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's what I work out of." Oh well, we got to do um, we have everything in CAD, but we have to provide BIM models for where our cameras are. You know, for and it might have been more on the design side. Um, you know, can you can you help us set that up? You know, so I did that, uh, and then I remember there was one job. It was a casino in I think Arizona somewhere, where I did that on the design side, and they're like, "Hey, we now have to do it on the construction side, but also the low voltage contractor needs mm. the bid modeling too. Can you do it for them?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." So I kind of double dipped <laughs> on a project, yeah. and then. Uh, a few, uh, you know, let's say a year later, I just get a call out of the blue. It's an electrician. He's doing a lab building on University of Pennsylvania's campus. It's a multi-phase renovation. The building's going to be open while the construction is happening. And can you can you do all our coordination modeling for all the electrical conduit and, and whatnot? I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, Kind of took the job. Yeah. Not I wasn't. I wasn't like I wasn't a. Uh, I wasn't a master at electrical <laughs> modeling at the yeah. time. I, I'm not a master still, but 
Um, you know, I that led me into then getting a call from another electrician for this water park I just mentioned. And yep. I, I right before here, I was and I actually had the model up still up on my my other screen of uh, doing a cannabis uh, growing facility now okay. for different ones. So. Um, uh, I, I, I do, and I do some other modeling work for, like I've done for interior designers and even actually other architects, even on smaller, smaller stuff here and there. Um, 3d scanning, even I had an opportunity where, um, Matterport kind of has like a um, professionals network or something. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Um, and if I don't even know if they do it anymore or not, but, um, yeah, somebody from Belgium contacted oh, me. Oh, wow. She had some projects out there. She needed some drawings made for, like, normally she just does the scanning. And, yeah. Um, yeah, she reached out. Somehow we got connected in that network. And, you know, she sent me her her 3D scans. And I drew up, you know, a couple buildings in Belgium without, you know. Nice. I would have loved to go on out to see them, but, you know. I know, huh? Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, there, there are certain days where I'm like, I look at the numbers and I'm like, Man, fifty percent of my business isn't even in kind of arch, you know traditional architecture. Yeah, it's it's all this yeah. other stuff starting to be. Yeah. yeah, and and there's a there's a big need for it. I mean, there are a lot of companies that are doing a ton of um, you know design stuff, but they don't have any capability for scanning or using the point cloud or creating as built models or doing coordination and like. There are a lot of different needs when you start looking at these technologies and how they get integrated into projects that there's entire businesses that all they do is just scan or just scan to BIM or, you know, uh, or just BIM coordination. Like all of those are growing and people are wanting more and more of it. And like you just said, some of where some of your projects came from. You know, there's construction jobs where they require that it's in BIM or they require that it gets scanned first. And then there's a lot of trades that don't have any of that capability yet. So they have to try to either learn it or figure out someone to work with them that can do that piece. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a it's definitely a growing need and kind of a specialty. Yeah. Yeah. That that water park project, I actually was in negotiations, I think, with four different trades. To do all the yep. modeling, it was kind of like, do you know somebody, you know, and oh, this guy's local, yeah. <laughs> you know, type thing. And I uh, ended up only doing underground electrical for it, which was a lot more complicated than I thought. Um, yeah. Because I was like, oh, underground, that's that's not going to be hard. But underground in a water park is might as well be above ceiling. Uh, yeah. You know, there's so <laughs> I mean, complex. The, the, oh, yeah. There's so much piping. That's that's under there that uh, it and being on a beach, it wasn't like we could just keep on going deeper and deeper. You you yeah. quickly get to the point where you're hitting water. So, um, yeah, that's a problem. You know, <laughs> yeah. Water to water park being a problem doesn't seem doesn't make sense, but it was, you know, so uh, that's great. Well, yeah. what other um, what other areas are you focused right now on, you know, continuing to learn or expand? Obviously, it sounds like throughout your career, you've been kind of forward when you see a new technology, you know, you saw Revit and you wanted to learn on your own and get, you know, get into that. And now you got into scanning. And what are some of the things that you're either excited about or looking into now? I, I am in an area where there isn't a lot of architects. So almost by default, like without me even as long as I have a website and a, a little Google profile or whatever, I'm gonna get yeah. call I'm you know, I'm gonna get calls, but they're not necessarily like 
it's money in the coming in the door, but it's not like I don't get excited about it. Yeah. So it's kind of trying to move a little bit away from that. And maybe that's maybe that's in the, in the matter of, of growing and maybe bringing yeah. some people on and then they do those types of projects as yep. a way. Um, but like the I mean, to just go back to the education part, it's like it's really like when I get into like I was just mentioned this cannabis growing facility project. Um, like I had said earlier, I'm very particular about project points. Like, yeah. it's like, you got, you got to get that right. And yeah. on, on this project where it's just like, oh, you just use the, the architect's point. Well, I go in, I use the architect's point the first week I was, I came to maybe about a week or two later. It was like they had uh, the electrician who hired me. They had somebody in house, and they had they had moved on to another job, so they were kind of scrambling to find somebody. So gotcha. they're late to the game. So I for the first week, I do everything. I you know submit it to the site. I download everything else, and then I put my stuff. Like I kind of made a dummy kind of Navis Works you know federated model for myself, and I'm like, why is my stuff 180 degrees off? You know, it's completely rotated the wrong way and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it was – I go in the meeting and I ask the question. And it, it was one of these things where it was a known issue mm. on the project, but I didn't have that information yet. And yeah. it wasn't in writing. It's known by most people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was more like – it was probably the first the first week. They're like, why is all our stuff 180 degrees or whatever, you know? Um, so it's, it's – um, trying like trying to get a little bit more into that like just to like I mean we're talking about education it's just like look yeah. there are these there are these like let's say four or five things if you did them right you're golden like yeah i like go back to the security consultant is when i worked with them like they don't call me anymore but that's great because I got to the point where I just taught them what I knew to the point where they didn't need me anymore. Yeah. You know, and the, I mean, the inefficiencies in these, these industry, the AEC industry is it's, it's just, it's mind boggling. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Of how much there, whether, whether it's the, you know, I mean, the, the one saying that just kills me is like, well, we've always done it this way. Yeah. You know, will that eventually go away? Actually, it won't go away. To be quite honest, you know, we could be talking thirty years from now, and we could we could be the old guys being like, yeah. <laughs> oh, "Well, we this is how we always did it," you know. Yeah. We don't you know do whatever you know it's going to be thirty years from now, but but still, it's um, it's just uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like there's there's something yep. there that I'm I'm grasping at. I'm actually kind of going through a little yeah. bit of a rebranding currently yep. and revamping yep. the business. It's it's kind of I think that led to us having a conversation here where yeah. I'm like, I got to get myself out there a little bit more and, and That's great. Uh, start talking. So, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, uh, I, I feel like I've kind of had a little bit of this journey from, you know, practitioner of I'm out scanning and I have, you know, I have a survey and a scanning company. Um, but because of all this real realization of the need for education and awareness building and consulting and like my shift is now moving a little bit from doing the services to empowering other people to do yeah. 
the service, you know, figuring out, helping them identify what tool is right for their type of business if they're scanning or doing drone work or, you know, how to process that data properly to get to a certain accuracy or get it in a certain format to use in their software or, you know, I, I'm, I see such a need there as the industry is growing and there's not a lot of people that are kind of helping with that education. So I think there's a big there's a big need there and it, you know, it creates opportunity as well that's unique um, that I think will also save a lot of headaches for people that are, you know, just getting started. So it's it's an exciting time when you can empower other people to successfully use the tools and technology. They start seeing that efficiency. Um, it's really it's really cool to do something like that that's helping other people. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think the um, I mean I I consider myself lucky that I have had these experiences where I get like I when we started talking about me being on the other side of the table of mm. certain issues and being able to see that and then understanding like oh that's the reason why you know the mechanical engineer. It needs needs the drawings in this certain way or or whatever. Um, you know, I I mean I can even think of issues in in the past where the uh, reviewing agencies. The, oh, there was there was a gap one time where there was an approval on the architectural the building permit drawings that that plan reviewer saw one thing in a shaft, the mechanical sees sees the ductwork in the shaft. But the problem was, was there was also air blown in that shaft that was not covered and needed to be separated. Mm. And in the two kind of, you know, different rooms, let's say, of, of reviews, it didn't, it didn't occur to them, you know. And then it became this – it actually – the, the solution, it was for a high rise and it was two months of my life <laughs> figuring Ooh. out what the solution was. <laughs> um, uh, you know, for a 30, 30 story residential tower and parking garage um, mm. with with some of the mechanical systems. So um, it's yeah, that that's the other part of, I think, education in terms of um, seeing the um, both, you know, both sides of the table and understanding, yeah. you know, the, understanding the why of yeah. what this other person, they need this for for whatever for this reason. You know, because yep. th their eyeballs are looking at it in a different way than your eyeballs are going to look at it. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's there's great value in that, which is why I love talking with people on podcasts and such. Is you know, everybody has a unique background, right? Everybody has mm -hmm. gone through different experiences. They've worked in different types of roles. They've they've used different technologies. So to kind of unpack and hear from them the struggles they've seen or the successes they're seeing from integrating. I feel these just a conversation about it even is powerful because there are going to be people that listen to it that maybe are going through some of this or they're considering getting started. And so to hear, you know, the backgrounds and the experiences from different professionals, um, I think there's a lot of power in. And then that, you know, like you're saying, even for yourself, rolls into a knowledge base and an experience that you have to help people through unique situations because you've kind of seen two ends, you know, and, and you've gone mm -hmm. through that before. So you have, you can, you know, critically think about what they might be looking for or, you know, the struggles they could have maybe even before they happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can go back 
20 years or whatever from like when I, I remember when I first started, uh, go back to the firm I mentioned earlier that did like, um, the, uh, uh, medical facilities. And, you know, I have an annual review and the, uh, the principal who I'm sitting down with, he says, well, there's a curse of the, of the architect, but I think it's the curse of a lot of professionals in this trade is that you look at a wall, but automatic, like a wall or a ceiling or whatever. And my wife hates going out. Like if we go like on my honeymoon or vacation or we're at a restaurant or something, she'll catch me like looking at, yeah. And she's like, what are you doing? Like, I remember one time they had to like expose duck and she's like, what are you doing? Like we're, we weren't talking for a few minutes. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just following the duck. I was trying to see where the return <laughs> path was. Oh, and here's where the sprinklers kind of work together. And would you um, look at that angle? It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, the funny thing is we went to uh, a casino that opened in Atlantic City that I had worked on. Uh, I worked – it was the firm the, – when I worked at the architecture firm, they were the architects. And then the security consultant, I worked with them. And there was actually years That's later, cool. there was something else where I got hired as the architect for the new owner. But um, we went down uh, one, uh, one Saturday or whatever and uh, had dinner and we're just kind of walking around the casino floor. And I work on casino projects. I don't – I gambling is not something i do i just you know yeah. it's just around it just you know it's, it's work reminds me of work but we're working through the casino floor and i start pointing at cameras <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling my wife i'm like oh we had to put that there because we had to coordinate the camera location with this thing that's hanging in the ceiling blah 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 and we're going to these different places and i'm going like spots that were like not where people not that I wasn't going like to a restricted area, but um, the this casino building was actually built to have two hotel towers, and they never opened up a second tower. So you go in one direction; it's it's not a dead end, but it's kind of a dead end. And so we're over there, and I'm doing things. Eventually, I got uh, um, approached by a security <laughs> guard. He said, "Can we help you?" Why, and I'm like, no, "Why no, are you I'm pointing good. at all of our cameras?" <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking about construction coordination with my wife. And, um, yeah, it's like, well, you know what? Can you not do that? I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're scaring us here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know so, where all these cameras are? You plan, you know, yeah. I've seen the movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And well, the funny yeah. thing is, is I, 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 I'm not going to say it in a public forum, but, uh, I do, I do know of a way to, uh, uh almost like a ocean's 11. Um, yeah, there you go. Way, way to, to way to uh, get money out of a casino, but I'm not. Yeah. Oh man, we'll have to save that one for the other podcast. Oh wait, we don't have a. That's that's it. That's a uh, you know discussion over you know maybe at a conference uh, and some drinks afterwards go. or something. So and it, it's just well, it's a manipulation of the code uh, that mm. the Jersey has. So it's it's one of the. You get into building code sometimes. You're like, why is this like this? And then mm. you know, you f you find this little loophole, and you're like, uh, you know, there's an issue here. But you know, <laughs> I'm excited. I love to hear the path you're on. Uh, kind of helping move into some educating. Uh, definitely one of those technology users. I think there's a lot of people that could use help in uh, the training side of things, the consulting side of things. Um, yeah. Anything else you'd like to share while we're still on? Well, I mean, I actually had a question for you as oh, sure. uh, essentially a, a 3D scanning professional. I mean, what are like, have you ever, I mean, I'm sure you've 
run into some pushback from somebody like my like an architect from that you know sure. so whether it's a, a horror story or or anything yeah. that maybe maybe more of a probably more of a common pushback that you may have have received you know i i feel like the most common is just an initial fear of how much it's going to cost mm-hmm. um i feel like that is the the most common concern I've heard from people who do not yet use scanning or, you know, maybe they're still working in CAD is sometimes they assume before they don't even ask yet because they assume it's going to be so expensive. Um, That's one of the most, most common I would say. And then even when it gets down to actually looking at the price, um, I think a lot of people are still hesitant then I, I feel like many people don't take the time to compare what it actually would cost. Um, you know, you look at the cost of someone coming and scanning and, you know, who knows, whatever size project. Let's say it's $5,000, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people just look at that cost and say, oh, we, we can't afford that on this job. But mm-hmm. then what, hap- what happens if you actually pause and you go back to like what we talked about, you know, what's the other option like if you mm-hmm. don't scan how much are how much are you going to spend on two or three trips out to the site and you know yeah, three yeah. days of your time and you know, you know i think a lot of people make those hesitations there and they don't really dig into it if we're talking about someone who's hesitant to adoption of of scanning or technology but when you really get down and you compare those two i think it's uh an equal cost or sometimes cheaper to just do the scan um mm-hmm. The, the other piece that I think still causes some hesitation is a lot of firms don't know how to use the data yet. You know, right. a lot of companies are not ready for you to scan and give them a point cloud to use. They're used to doing design and they're used to Revit tools or they're, you know, or even if they're still in CAD, either way, there is a little bit of a mystery <laughs> yeah. to, okay, if you go scan, what do I get? You know, mm-hmm. and they they don't have computers that are ready to take on a big point cloud or um, they don't have staff that know how to take that. And and you could I'd love to hear your experience, but um, I've heard, you know, I've really seen quite a bit of a difference between somebody who knows how to just use Revit from a design aspect and then actually go in and do an as built model from a point cloud. I've you know, there's a little bit, I think, of a learning curve there um, mm-hmm. and and even I guess one more thing I'd say is a lot of companies get down to that point that they're like, it's taking too much of our time to model from the point cloud. So they want somebody to do the modeling for them. Right. Um, well, I I can also say because uh, I was going to have a follow up, but this ties it in is like with LOD. Yeah. And is I have found, you know, and you had a, a question earlier about do I draw the angle or do I draw draw it straight right well you can also go like well how much because i'm seeing more more companies or whatever that are popping up now that are saying scan to bim yeah and that deliverable may also may have everything you would ever you know could be let's say lod 500 whatever you know like every little detail of molding and things like that and it's just like but then i'll get it as an end user and be like I can't use this. Mm. There's, it's like there's two. There's 
too there's much. too much information. You know, it's like I want the walls, the floor, the ceiling, you know. I mean, there can be, you know, a historic project where something like that might be there or it might just be a critical area. But like, um, you know, it's not necessarily going to be, you know, like if it was, a, let's say, a five five story brownstone or something like that, you know, every little thing is modeled. It's going to be too much. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's it's, you know, and I kind of am giving a real world example I've, I've, of something I've experienced re- re- recently. And it was de- it's detailed so much because the, the actual person requesting it which who was the owner was like scan everything i want to see everything and i want to see everything documented and then the question came up i'm i'm like well there it's not i wasn't the architect but i was just kind of like on it kind of qa qc in the model itself and i'm like well what's what's the architect need they're like oh Mm -hmm. well they weren't even involved in the process or it it, it's the, the owner's driving all of this and i'm like the architect might not even end up using this. They it yeah. just they might be like, okay, we'll use it as a reference, but it's not going to be something that they can use on date. It's not like you know you're going from here. Okay, everything's existing. We're going right into design. It's not it's not like that in 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 that case. And I think there's a lot of cases where yeah. that is. And you know whether that you know it comes back to education. You know yep. because that's a that's that was a user decision whether it was on the owner side. The architect's side or, you know, the consultant, a consultant of some sort side, you know, it's. um, Yeah, that's that's an area I think I've I've seen, you know, several kind of mess ups on a project or misses on a project where there just wasn't enough team communication where it's, you know, the construction company asked for the scan and the model, but then they don't know it well enough to ask specifically for how the architect would have wanted it. Or, you know, yeah. it was done in Revit, but the architect worked in CAD. Or, you know, the structural guys ended up wanting the model too, but they were in Tecla. And it's like, uh, all of these technologies, when you, when you go out and scan and then you look at creating a model so that somebody that's doing design can use those elements, that is a big area that needs more communication because the process you're going to go through to get a certain level of scan accuracy or a certain model type created that could be used in one or two or three of those platforms, you know, very specific workflows that have to be put in place in order for that to be accomplished. And a lot of times the person asking for it doesn't really know all that detail and you get all the way done with the job and now the structural or the architect or somebody starts asking these questions and you're like, oh, well, that's not what we were asked for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I can see like in, let's say, the 15 years I've had my own business, I can think of one project that had a very clear communication of, of what, the, what those setups needed to be. Um, the funny thing is it was the firm that laid me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was one of their projects and I knew, exa- I knew the guy who, who set it up and it was a guy I had worked with closely on, on a few projects and I was like, yep, he's, you know, Mr. Smith is that uh, I, yep, that's how he works. I, okay, I got it. But yeah, but it's, well, I had mentioned the, the cannabis project that I'm working on currently where I'm like, there's some standards, but it's like, it's, it's a little bit open-ended. Um, yeah. I will add that as another thing is um, 
when it comes to documentation for an architect and then conveying this documentation to contractors, there needs to be there does need to be a little bit of a level of fudging mm. in that there need um a client a client of mine what did he call it yeah convenient gaps is what he called it that's right there you go um you know so um so there's also that level of you know because there are tolerances that materials yep. you know certain tradesmen you know some tolerances are an eighth of an inch some tolerances are six of six inches or maybe you know yep heck I worked on a thing with tele, teledata one time, and the tolerance was fifty feet. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they did their pools, and then they did it, they did a spool of fifty feet at each end, or twenty five feet yeah. at each end, right? You know, so um, it's it's just again, it's an education, yeah. it's education, and uh, and knowing a little bit about who you're dealing with, you know, and yeah. what their needs are. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so. that's a big part uh, when it comes to applying the technologies too. Is you have to start with that communication because you have to know what that end goal is, uh, where mm-hmm. the data is going, how accurate they're trying to be, what tolerance you know is this you know on, on the processes being used for. Is it fabricating steel that needs to be super tight so you ensure it's going to fit properly, or is it a you know an inch or four inches or what kind of tolerance is okay? Because that also then changes what gear do, do we need to use in order to capture and create you know as built or existing additional models in order to meet that level. Um, yeah. and that's a that's one of the challenges we see out there too is you know the cheaper gear is easier to get into. It has certain you know accuracies it can meet and the bigger projects and the more complex projects then you start looking at how do we integrate survey control and you know terrestrial scanners or mobile and you know mm-hmm. which ones are accurate enough and <laughs> it's yeah. the complexity builds. Yeah, and uh, you just mentioned survey control, and I had mentioned like points in in my yep. projects. I'm very critical of, but there are some times where I'm just like, well, am I just being too like too critical for this? You know, it's like yeah. you have to kind of read the room and be like, okay, you know, this is this is important because of you know yeah. whatever the aspect is, or. I can tell you that that casino project, I gave an example when my wife and I were walking around that casino project, when that was set up, whoever set it up, there was a zero, zero point origin point or whatever in that cat, the initial CAD file that was literally 4,000 feet away from the building. Yeah. And it was a two and a half billion dollar construction project where that project point was never fixed. Oh man! So for the life of that project, anytime somebody went into a CAD drawing and hit zoom extents, the building became oh, a tiny went. little dot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it wasn't and, close. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't. You know that that is something that probably should have been dealt with. You know, early on, but uh, you know it would have been important to to take care of. Um, but there are other scenarios where okay, yeah, it's we can we can we can manage that yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah there's again uh, i think it's been said several times but it's the it's the education you know a lot of people don't know how to set projects up properly or they don't know the importance of some of those you know setting your base point or where where it's located or why or how to do it or um i think there's still a lot of questions that companies have when it comes to all these technologies and, and processes so 
I think creating mm-hmm. some of those like standard ways to do things uh, in the industry is definitely a need as we as we grow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and good luck with standards because that's always. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, is is probably the uh, <laughs> you know whether it's the country you're in or the state or city or trade you know everybody's yep. got their their own one so you know it is what it is I mean heck building codes aren't even the same you know <laughs> yeah 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 that's true yeah, yeah. You know, no, it's I, a challenge I, I, but something we'll work toward yeah I can always say like you, you know even for a small residential addition the the zoning code in my town here is different than the town next door. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I could have the same building and get it approved, no problem, one, and then the other town, I can't get it approved at all, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tricky one. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, thanks for uh, joining and talking through yeah. your background and sharing your experience and excited to uh, meet another architect who's a believer of <laughs> technology and and innovation with everything we're working in now, uh, hearing about yeah. your use of scanning and AI and, you know, your time in Revit, the last, uh, man, quite a while now, huh? Since uh, 08 area, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Good, good 15 years of, uh, of uh, modeling, trying, trying, to, trying to build it like it, or try to model like it's built. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and the great thing is, is I'm still learning it. You know, this, yeah. it's, it's not like I'm like, oh, you know, five years ago, I mastered everything. I'm good. You know, like, no, oh, it's, yeah. you know, whether it's, I, I, I will say I, I get a little frustrated that there's an, it, always an annual update. But uh, <laughs> uh, at the same time, it's, it's a, I think there's a good, good reason for that as well. You know, there's always things changing. There's always, you know, I would say probably every three three years, there's something that'll come out where I'm like, oh, all right, it's time to update. We got it. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, that's a tool I've been looking for, or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. It could be could be some big modeling thing, or it could just be how they handle tags. You know, yeah, in a in a drawing. You know, so um, yeah, you got always learning. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty to learn. I think, uh, and. Honestly, I feel like that's the idea I love pushing about just innovation in general is that, you know, we as professionals should always continue to uh, learn, learn by researching, you know, pay attention to what other companies are doing that are in similar industry, just like you brought up today on our call. I have not yet heard of the AI integration plug into Revit to make those, you know, prompted rendering visuals. I didn't even know that uh-huh. existed, you know? Yeah. And so now I hear about that and talk, and now we're talking about scanning and someone else listens. And I, I believe that innovation is continuing to create those ideas of what could be done better, what could be improved. And, you know, we, we never know. There's other companies that their whole focus is upgrading the hardware, is improving software. So, you know, this idea of community uh, conversations around what we want to see, around what technologies are coming out. We also have a voice in what they push into updates. You know, they hear yeah. from the users of things they want to see. So, you know, innovation really is learning, continuous learning and improvement with the mix of technology as we build into the future. Yeah, and uh, one thing I'll, I'll probably like end end with it here is, as a student, I did a. Um, 
you know, summer internship. And, you know, the, they, you know, one of the principals, whatever, took me to lunch or whatever. And one thing he told me, and, and again, it's, it's funny, like looking back 25, 30 years and this and still remembering this conversation. And was I was told he's like, one of the great things about our industry is it's always there's always something new. Every day is never the same. And if yeah, if you're not kind of looking into those new things, it's just going to kind of be dull and stale and yeah, you're just going to, whether it's going to burn out or you're just going to quit. So it's like the industry itself is, is always developing and um, with new things. So let's just jump on board and go for the ride, you know, and keep going. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Uh, actually I'll, I'll end with asking one last question uh, going sure. all the way back. Uh, what made you decide to get into architect? and building what did something inspire you or did you know somebody in the industry or how did you choose the career path um well i'll say as a kid um like i'm an 80s kid right so i love like transformers that was like my favorite toy growing up uh probably had some gi joes and i don't know if you know of uh i think you're a little bit younger but there was a cartoon called mask mm. which was like Transformers in a way, but it was like the the people were there was a guy he wore a mask and it had like a superpower of some sort, but he had a yep. vehicle that transformed into another vehicle. So I always just liked the transforming and all that, and so it got me into kind of the technical stuff um, growing up. But I used to start drawing up forts for mm. the Transformers, for Mask, for GI Joe, or whatever else, you know. So I started doing that, but then. Um, and got into like some drafting classes as a kid, but I got to um, go see um, the uh, Falling Water by Frank Lloyd Wright out in Western mm. Pennsylvania. I grew up in Central Pennsylvania, so um, my funny thing is my dad was an ultra marathon runner, and he had a oh, nice. ultra marathon trail run, like seventy mile run, out in Western Pennsylvania. Ooh. He does that one day, and then the next day we go to Falling Water. He can hardly walk. I, I'm looking back at it. It was like he had a hard time walking, and we went to Falling Water like through paths and stairs, and he did it. Uh, my dad's kind of <laughs> – my dad like hyped the whole Appalachian Trail when he retired and stuff like that. So wow. I think he has like a mind over matter type type deal. Yep. But he took me to Falling Water, and I just fell in love with the with that place. I thought it was the coolest thing Um uh, thought actually I was going to do more like structural engineering because I was good at math and like really liked the technical things. Um, went, ended up going to um, what's now Jefferson University. It was Philadelphia Textile back when I was there in Philly and um, had to take like art courses. Never took an art course in my life, but in some of those drawing classes, like just I wasn't like a really great artist. But there was a certain level of skill that I didn't know I had. Um, yeah. And then I just was like, I was like, yep, this is it. You know, like I just kind of kind of did it because it was the only it, it was the only um, uh, university that gave me like a full five. It was a five year degree. You know, I had Penn State, everybody in central Pennsylvania, you go to, you know, you apply to Penn State, you know. So they gave me like some like two year associate through the engineering, I was like, and then maybe you could go to main campus. And I was just like, eh, I'll go to Philly, you know, and did that. Yep. And, um, just kind of discovered 
that, hey, this is actually something I really enjoy. So it's like I kind of in some ways it was there already, you know, from a kid and seeing some some things. But like it, it wasn't confirmed until like, you know, once I was actually in in college and, and doing it, I was like, yeah, this is this is the thing. That's you know? great. That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, again, thanks for sharing everything with us today. I'm excited to uh, continue talking with you more after. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll stay in touch as we're both looking to educate and help share advice. And, you know, there's a lot of companies that are, are looking for the help. So excited to have you uh, as part of our community. And thanks for coming on with us today. Yeah, no problem, Matt. I yeah, appreciate uh, you uh, having me on.